You know, when it comes time to declutter, the clutter tends to be mostly other people's stuff. What do we do about that? Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to Simply Convivial. So at Simply Convivial Continuing Education, where we have a community with hundreds of women digging into their role as homemakers. Every February is our annual declutter challenge. And look at that, it's February 1st. So we're talking decluttering. The way we do decluttering at Simply Convivial is to just set a timer for 10 minutes, pick one place and do what you can. Throw away the garbage, put away what needs to be put away, make small steps of progress without worrying about completely overhauling everything. Along the way, you'll find problems that you need to solve, but you can't do it all at once. And you don't need to, to make progress. Decluttering is an ongoing thing, not a once and done project. So we just need to set aside time regularly to put things back where they belong. The real problem comes in when we are decluttering and realize that it's only other people's stuff that bothers us. We want to throw away and get rid of all the things, except for the things that we know we need. We don't need other people's stuff. How about that's the stuff that we get rid of? Today, I wanna share with you a clip from a weekly seminar that we did last year during our declutter challenge at Simply Convivial Continuing Education, where we spent half an hour talking about what to do when you're decluttering a space that's full of other people's stuff. Grab a load of laundry to fold or spend the next 10 or 12 minutes decluttering your junk drawer while you listen. Let's dig in. All right, so today's topic is how to declutter when it's not your stuff. This is like the hot button topic for decluttering, right? Because the easy things for us to declutter are going to be other people's things because it's obvious to us what other people should get rid of. But if we swap that proposition and say, well, what about, what if you put that person whose stuff you are wanting to declutter and gave them permission to declutter your things, how much of a good job would they do if those roles were reversed? And I know we have a bit more practical experience and understanding of resource allocation as mothers versus children, but it is a touchy subject. And even just imagining someone else going through our own things and deciding what we keep and what we get rid of, you know, helps us relate a little bit and realize like, okay, this is maybe sensitive ground. This is tricky (laughs) because it's not just about stuff. It's about relationships and people and teaching and, you know, dealing with 
people's stuff, whether that's our own stuff or other people's stuff, ends up opening up other potential issues that maybe we weren't even aware were there, but they come up when you start dealing with stuff. So sometimes you might have to just account for that in the time. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to declutter for 10 minutes. But in that 10 minutes, I just got rid of a bunch of someone else's stuff. And so what I did was it was maybe only 10 minutes of declaring, but what I just did was open up the door to half an hour of relationship management (laughs) or attitude management or expectation management, parenting. And so we might just need to be aware of that added time that might be required in addition to the actual decluttering. But it is tricky when other people in the house are the owners of the clutter. And so let's talk today about some strategies that we can use when that's the case. And of course, the first principle is always deal with your own stuff first. I do usually say to start with the easy things, you know, get going, get some momentum by starting with the easiest steps. But with decluttering, we need to start with the easy things of our own to get rid of, not the easy decluttering of getting rid of other people's stuff. Getting rid of other people's stuff is always going to be easier than dealing with our own stuff. You know, cleaning someone else's kitchen is always easier than cleaning our own kitchen. (laughs) But decluttering is making decisions about whether or not things are worthy to be kept. So it's a lot more judgmental of an act than cleaning a kitchen. Whenever a thing is not in its home, it's clutter. So the real problem clutter are those things that don't have a home. And those are the ones that take decision-making energy. Of course, it's also possible that in, you know, throwing away garbage, sometimes other people's stuff, we might mistake the younger the child, the harder the reasoning process is. And so the age of the person whose stuff you are trying to declutter definitely factors in. Your best friend had a broken balloon collection. or So what mom is not going to come upon broken pieces of balloons and say, oh, look, trash to get rid of. I tried to start a new motto for the family, which is we throw trash in the trash can. The, pro- the problem with that is the definition, like what counts as trash. And my definition and the kid's definition is not always the same. I feel like candy wrappers without candy in them, there is n- no circumstance under which that's not trash. That doesn't seem hard to me. But apparently other people don't always see things that way. Another option is to give them a container or a drawer that is a, a special object. Like you can keep whatever treasures you want to keep, but they have to stay in this container. Now, I will say that my children have always had a special container or a special drawer and 
with that method, they always see room for more containers. I have a friend who did this method much more effectively than I did. And she gave each of her children, I think it was like a bank box size box. And that was for for them to keep their special things, drawings, awards, paper, collections. And when it got full and they wanted to keep more, she would tell them, well, then you're going to have to make some hard choices. And that's a nice way to think about it because you are framing the expectation there. You know, you're acknowledging that it is hard to make those decisions, but you're requiring them to do it, which really is good life experience for them to have to make those judgment calls when those stakes really are low. And it's going to, it will feel hard, but you can draw that line for them and help them get practice in making those kind of hard choices. Cause those are the same kind of hard choices we're having to make with our things. It's probably the hard choice that we are avoiding when we're decluttering other people's stuff, right? Like all of that factors into figuring out the right combination of strategies to use. But helping kids get practice themselves in decluttering their own stuff when they're kids is great preparation for life, right? Just like we are practicing the skill of decluttering now in the declutter challenge by putting some responsibility on them, even if it's not going to be the same decisions we would make, that's preparing them for life. Now, of course, the much more difficult and fraught situations are when it's our husband's stuff. That is something that we are each going to have to work out within our own marriages because the space, the kind of stuff, the relationship piece all has to be taken into account. And there are circumstances where it is a part of our role in the household to manage the space and the stuff. But we need to do that in a way where we are respecting and honoring our husband's preferences as well as our own. And not just saying, well, the home is my space. I'm going to make the decisions about the stuff. And I don't know if you want to keep the stuff, keep it in the garage (laughs) or like too bad for you or take it to your office which doesn't work when your husband works from home, or at least it just means that that room is the the clutter collector room. There is no one size fits all solution here, but we all do need to take into account that if our personal mission to declutter the whole house means that we define clutter without regard for our husbands or our children, then we're not going to have happy campers. (laughs) That's not helpful and wise for the whole, for the family as a whole. So as we go about the project, we need to be careful of our own expectations and our own definitions. Because if we take on this project thinking, I am going to get rid of everything I feel is clutter in the house, then we've set up a project and a goal that puts us in an antagonistic conflict 
filled scenario with our kids and our husbands a lot of the time. And it's more important to stay in fellowship with our husband and our children than it is to have a decluttered home. So we need to keep first priorities first and then fulfilling responsibilities of stewardship that goes under the relationship stewardship. And we need to find a way to fulfill our responsibility with the stuff with our responsibility to honor and respect the other people in our house. And there is a way to merge those two, but it's probably always going to include a giving up of your own preferences along the way and having the result not be your idea. And that's okay. It's more than okay. It's probably healthier overall and healthier spiritually for us than for us to steamroll over everyone else in order to create an end product that we have imagined for ourselves. Trying to reach some kind of end product and result and look that we have designed in our own imagination without really taking into account the other people and their preferences is not actually going to be the ideal outcome that we imagined. And it's not because the other people got in the way. It's because our imagination was not taking them into account. It was our imagination and our ideal that was actually problematic. You know, there are times I will say, I will just send him a text and say, hey, I'm cleaning the bedroom. Can I take care of the coins and the trash in a few, like on your nightstand type of stuff? And just kind of ask, just say, just give him a heads up. And then he could say, oh yeah, but would you not touch, you know, this or that? Or, you know, he might say, well, I'm actually keeping this thing on purpose that might look like trash to me. And, you know, just communication, communication really does help. And then, and along those communication lines, you know, saying, I'm working on this, or you might say, hey, I'm doing this declutter challenge. Are there any places of clutter that are bothering you? And, you know, just to try to treat it like a teamwork thing and not like a, my personal project that other people are thwarting. And, you know, sometimes it goes the other way where we are the cluttery person and it's our husband who isn't, who would like things maybe a little bit more sparse and spartan. You know, we want to take each one another's preferences into account. And so have that conversation with your husband and say, hey, I am trying to get some progress on decluttering. And, you know, I just came across idea, this definition of clutter that, you know, made a light bulb go off for me. Clutter are those things that don't have a home or they aren't in their home. So, you know, I think this stuff over here is clutter because I don't really know where to put it. What do you think? Where should it belong? Or I have rehomed things that, that, oh yeah, here's your stuff. I gave it a new home over here. And he's like, well, I thought that this was its home. It was convenient home. And so it's like, oh, okay. Okay. It's so put it back, whatever. And go back 
it's okay to do the back and forth and communicating. And we wanted to have those situations where we can have give and take and communicate and get on the same page and a little bit, right? Not just not be, it's fighting if we each have our own ideal and our own picture of what it ought to be. And we're each trying to get the other to admit that we're right, right? That's conflict. That's fighting, each trying to get our own way. But teamwork is having a conversation where we're trying to figure out, well, does that work? Or do you think that this might work better? And then you're having a conversation back and forth, each trying to arrive at a mutually agreed upon decision. But a mutually agreed upon decision means giving up your ideal or what you thought would be the great idea, you know, giving up maybe your great idea or your great visual outcome that you are going for. A lot of the times, sometimes there are emotions or projects or whatever going on behind the stuff. Sometimes it takes the decluttering before that's revealed. And so it's okay when that stuff is unearthed, if we're willing to lovingly, respectfully have those conversations. Sometimes decluttering is a lot more work than we thought it was going to be. Sometimes there's a work behind the decluttering. So if we take that into account, then our expectations will be aligned and it might go a little bit better. Yeah, we each have our piles in different places. We're messy in different ways. And so just recognize that and admit it and be humble and be honoring and respectful and loving. And this is all sanctification process for all of us. And so always starting with yourself first. And like I tell my kids, you worry about you (laughs) and then we can keep making progress in decluttering without turning it into the altar upon which we sacrifice our families of relationships. All the decluttering that we do, we want to keep in service of our family, not our family in service of our decluttering goals. I hope you found that conversation helpful as you tackle areas to declutter in your home. If you want support, community encouragement, and a prize packet at the end, then now is the time to jump into our declutter challenge at Simply Convivial Continuing Education. Our challenge is 20 10-minute sessions of decluttering over the course of the month. That's it. These small but steady pieces of progress add up and make a big difference. And every weekday of the month, you get a text with a quote about decluttering or managing stuff. You get a checklist to keep track of how many times you've spent 10 minutes decluttering. There's weekly seminars like this one where you get the full session and we tackle the practical trouble spots that we find as we declutter. There's that and so much more at Simply Convivial Continuing Education 
where you can find accountability, motivation, camaraderie, and an upbeat, cheerful approach to managing home and family life. Just go to simplyconvivial.com and click the green enroll button up in the corner to get started. That's simplyconvivial.com and click the green enroll button. You can also find the link in the description. Whether it's on the podcast, the YouTube channel, the blog, or inside Simply Convivial Continuing Education, we don't just declutter. We declutter and repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.